Uh, we love you all. And many times, not every time, but many times when we're texting back and forth, we'll say, we love you and tell your people that we said hello because you're just in our hearts. Amen. And uh, I was in the room just a moment ago, Pastor, your pastor and Scott were talking. I said, I just want to get out there and talk to the people. Amen. I'm a pastor's wife, Amen. and um, I love the people. So thank you for welcoming us and being so good to us. Your, your pastors are probably, I don't know, if not the best. They're, they're the best. They're the best. Amen. They treat us like royalty, Amen. and they, uh, they pretty much clothe me. Uh, they pretty much... Take care of us. Yes, so, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and Avery came to our celebration, and we were so surprised. Yeah. Did y'all know they were coming? Yeah. They tell you all about it. We were the. We knew we were having dinner with some people. You know, our kids had told us, you know, how to dress and what all to do and everything. That you know, there are going to be some people there. And I'm telling you what, your pastors walked in, and we thought, oh my goodness. Yeah. And, of course, some other pastors surprised us, too. But thank you guys for Amen. coming. Amen. Well, I appreciate that. But it, you blessed us. You really did. And we got to, our people got to meet them. Right. And so that, that was good, too. And so I could go on and on. That's it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I love Amen. you. Amen. No, that was, a, that was a great surprise to us. Uh, you know, we consider this church part of our extended family. Amen. We honestly do. And uh, I, I hope that. Many of you feel the same way toward us, but yes. it's just always such a blessing. And when they walked in, you know, we had, I mean, Pat Harrison was there. Jerry Seville was there. Uh, we had a number of, uh, of guests and friends that came in. When they walked in, it was like, what? <laughs> what? Can you believe it? These guys came all the way from Dodge City just to hang out with us and spend a few hours. And what a blessing it was. Glory to God. What was that? We had better weather? Well, you hadn't been out here as much as I have, but you have to understand that a, a trip to Dodge City in January without one snow day would be, that would be weird, you know? I, I kind of expect one snow day. When I'm, I don't want to get a blizzard. I don't want to get snowed in or out. But a little white on the ground doesn't bother me at all. Praise God. Matter of fact, I think probably the Lord did this just for me, and I, you're welcome. Amen, amen. See, it stopped right at the right time. See, so th this little bit's good. This little bit's good. But yes, uh, it, it, it is a, a great pleasure, great joy to be back with you, and uh, we're, we're going to have a good time in these services. So got tonight and tomorrow night. Uh, what time's tonight's service? 6.30. 6.30. What time's tomorrow night? 6.30. I like that time. You know, I like that time so well. We changed all our evening services to that time. We used to do it. At six on Sunday nights, seven on during the weekdays, and I thought, no, that's confusing. These guys have a handle on it. Six thirty from now on, so all our night services we moved to six thirty just because y'all do it. Glory to God. That's why I grew this just because you're a pastor. He just one of one of my heroes. Glory to God. I love. By the way, I love your offerings. I love your offerings. Every time you receive an offering, you get up here and say, all right, now, snap to attention. Get with it. Quit messing around. Always comes out with that authority, and that, man, I like that. Praise the Lord. 
That's the Holy Ghost there. All right, glory to God. Y'all ready to get into the Word this morning? Um, we just got back from, of course, the minister's conference, and he and they and we meet there every year, you know, and then past few years we've flown back together on the same flight into, uh, from Dallas. But this, uh, this year's meeting was a great one. It was a really great one. I know you hadn't had an opportunity to debrief on it yet. I'll let your pastor tell you what he wants you to know about it. But the spirit of it, the spirit of it was great. And the reason I bring it up is because what we're seeing in the body of Christ, things are turning. These past few years have been different. They've been weird. They've been demonic in a lot of ways. You know, 2020... We've talked about this. They tried to drive us apart and muzzle us with those masks and scare us with the, you know, expectation of sickness and death. And sadly, a lot of uh, a lot of people succumbed to it. You know, there there, there was a lot of um, collateral damage. As a, well, it wasn't collateral damage. It was targeted damage. Uh, that's what the devil wanted. He wanted to wanted to shut people up and shut them down. And then, you know, all the other, other things that have been going on and uh, people's, uh, um, you know, just uh, struggling with the economy and inflation, cost of living, things like that, having to deal with all that. But what I saw at the minister's conference this year was that the body of Christ is rising up. Yes. And I know in my own case, I know the same thing's true for your pastor because he mentioned a little bit there a while ago. But we're rising up and we're taking charge. We're done playing defense. Are you here? I mean, we are, we are going to have a glorious year. We are living free in 23. We're going to be living, I said, we're going to be living free in 23. Living free in 23. That's the word that the Lord gave me the beginning of this year. He said, living free in 23. And as I got to thinking about it, I began to think about how that would fit with so many things like living debt-free in 23, living fear-free in 23, living pain-free in 23, living sickness-free in 23, living grief-free in 23. Glory to God. We're going to live free in 2023. And why do we say that? Because our kingdom is not of this world. We are ambassadors of a foreign kingdom. And an ambassador does not live according to the standards of the place that he is assigned. He lives according to the standards of the country that sent him as an ambassador. Second Corinthians chapter 5 tells us that we now as new creatures are ambassadors for Christ. And God wants us to get a revelation of that. And that means, once again... That God's kingdom is not going to be found here in this earth. You don't send ambassadors to your own country. If the earth and the civilization that we are all familiar with on the natural level was our home, then we wouldn't be ambassadors. We'd be at home. But our home is in a different dimension. Our home is in another place. And we operate here as ambassadors. And this church is an embassy. And we gather and we meet as fellow ambassadors on a regular basis. By the way, uh, embassy meetings are mandatory. 
they're not optional because God needs us together in order to dispatch instructions and orders and directives. Are you here? And so we get those kind of things when we come here and we are encouraged and we are edified and we are built up, praise God. And so it's so important that we recognize that our kingdom is not of this earth. Praise the Lord. My friend Joe Morris, who I know comes here a lot, he said something that I thought was really so good. He said, you know, for so long people have been Christians even, have been looking for a political messiah. We don't need a political messiah. We've got the real deal. Glory to God. Now, go with me in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Luke chapter 16. No, 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 no. Before you do that, I want to read a scripture to you that the Lord spoke to me a moment ago. 1 Samuel chapter 17. David, when he was just a teenager, went down to the battlefield. He was an obedient son. He had been tending sheep faithfully. His father sent him down there to get word of his brethren. And as he showed up, you know the story. This, giant, this, this, this grotesque being came out in the valley as the armies of Israel were dug in on the mountain. This grotesque, huge thing came out there and began to issue threats. And one of the soldiers made mention of something. He said, boy, I'll tell you what, that guy, mm, he's something. But the man who defeats him has got something to look forward to. His father's house is all free in Israel. He'll be made a rich man and he'll get the king's daughter. And the king's daughter, phew, have you seen her? And so David heard that. Now I'm looking here at uh, verse 26 of 1 Samuel 17. David spake to the men that stood by. He heard that and he asked him, would you repeat that? Saying, what shall be done to this man that kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him again, same thing. Now in verse 28, Eliab, his oldest brother, challenged him and began to rebuke him and say, what are you doing here? And why are you asking these questions? And, 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 and who's taking care of those sheep? In other words, he began to belittle him. David's hearing something that's piqued his interest. And, and his brother begins to belittle him. And verse 29, verse 30, here's what I want you to see. This is the word the Lord spoke to me. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Verse 30 says, and he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the Holy Ghost said, tell the people that they will see what it means to live free in 2023 if you will turn away from the things that you've been looking at and the things that you've been listening to and turn Toward the word. And the word will make you free. Glory to God. And he spoke that to me too. He said, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to turn away. And so we've done that. I came into 2023 determined not to bring anything with me. It's a whole new ball game. It's a whole new day. Amen. I'm leaving 2022 and behind in the rearview mirror. 2023 is a year of living free, and I can tell you I've already started to experience it. And the encouraging thing to me was at that minister's conference, I saw that a lot of us were on the same page, hearing the same thing from the same Holy Ghost and making the same decisions. We're going to walk in victory in 2023. Glory to God. We can do it. We can, and we will. Praise the Lord. Now, Luke chapter 16, we'll start off here with verse 16. 
The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presses into it. And it's easier for heaven and earth to pass than for one tittle of the law to fail. Glory to God. So much in there that we can, we can unpack and look at. But notice, first of all, what it says. It gives us a timeline. It says, the law, the law and the prophets were until John. The old covenant ended with John the Baptist. There were some other things that Jesus did and fulfilled on the cross, but the preaching of the law and the prophets, Jesus tells us, ended with John the Baptist. At that time, Jesus took over. John said, it, I, you know, I must decrease, he must increase. There comes one that I'm not worthy to tie shoelaces. Jesus took over and began to preach the kingdom of God. Now, this refers back to what I said about being ambassadors. This is the kingdom from which we have been dispatched as ambassadors. And Jesus began preaching the kingdom of God and then finally completed some things at the cross, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and then the Holy Ghost was poured out on the church on the day of Pentecost. But Jesus was a bridge, if you will. Keep that in mind, from the law, the prophets, unto the church age, all right? He came in preaching some things that they didn't understand. Now, he preached out of the Old Testament, but he brought light that they didn't see. They, he brought a perspective that they had never considered, and it rattled them. It rattled them because they're messing. He's messing not with the Word. He's actually interpreting the Word and dividing the Word rightly, but he's messing with their traditions, and he's messing with their interpretations. And the devil doesn't like it when you mess with religious interpretations and traditions. And so ultimately, they took him to the cross for it. But Jesus began preaching the kingdom of God. And then he said this, again in verse 17, it's easier for heaven and earth to pass than for one tittle of the law to fail. Another translation or another gospel account says that Jesus said one jot or tittle, one punctuation mark, one small letter easier for all of heaven and earth to pass away. The Word of God is eternal. Yeah. The, more I, the more I delve into and the longer I walk in the Word of God, the more awestruck I am by it. Amen. That Bible that is the most published book yes. in the world. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, that's what Bible means. It means book. When you say the book, that's what you're talking about. There's a lot of books, but that's the book, the Bible, the holy book. Glory to God. And, 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 and what God did to get us that word, man, I'm telling you, he gave the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. But do you realize that he didn't just give them the word? He even gave them the written alphabet so that the word could be recorded. The oldest written alphabet in human history is Hebrew. And there's no evidence of that alphabet being used before Moses. He gave, that astounds me, that he gave us the language in writing so that that book could be preserved so that you and I Amen. could be made free and stay free yes. and live free in yes. 23. Yes. Glory to God. Yes. And that word is just, the, 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 the musicians learned a song. 
uh, when we were down in the in uh, in the ministers conference. Yeah. Uh, one evening service, a song was brought up that I hadn't thought of in years. Yeah. It was an old Michael W. Smith song, yeah. but it was spot on, yeah. and I love it. It's called Ancient Words. And these ancient words were given to us from eternity past. They were given to us to make us free. But not just make us free externally, but to change us so that that change in us could bring about the freedom. Glory to God. And it's faith in that word. Faith in the written word of God. Changed by that word, believing that word, that causes the freedom that I'm talking about. Now let me show you something about faith, and let's talk about the right attitude, God's attitude, and an ambassador's attitude toward these things. Go with me, if you will, to the uh, Gospel of Luke. I'm, we're in Luke. Back up to chapter 13. Look at this story. A couple of stories I want to read to you. Beginning verse 10, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bound together and could no wise lift up herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. You are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. And said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Boy, the devil always, religion always gets his feathers ruffled, doesn't it, when God starts moving. Verse 15, The Lord then answered him and said, You hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Now, I want you to notice this. I want you to notice Jesus' attitude toward this. He healed this woman. She'd been bound for all these many years. She'd been in church all these many years, but nothing had happened until Jesus showed up. And that's still true today. If Jesus doesn't go to your church, nothing's going to happen that's there. Right. Are you listening? Right. And there are a lot of churches that Jesus doesn't go to. But thank God he comes to this one. Yeah. So when Jesus showed up, things changed. And he saw that woman, and he made this comment. He said, that's not the way things should be. This ought not be the case. This woman ought to be healed. And notice the basis that he said it. Uh, th that she ought to be healed on because she's a daughter of Abraham. Now, I know I've shared this probably here before and you've heard this many times, but I want you to see something with me. He said she ought to be healed seeing she is a daughter of Abraham. What does that mean? That means that she had a covenant with God. He hearkened back to her, the patriarch Abraham, with whom God made covenant back thousands of years before. And, and a couple of thousand years before. And, and uh, he, he, uh, he, he made this covenant. And this covenant that God made with Abraham was unconditional and eternal. Yeah. Understand this. God's covenant is unconditional and it is eternal. So this woman had this covenant with Abraham because she is born of the Jewish people and 
the, the, the covenant extended to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And so this woman was a daughter of Abraham and Jesus said, this woman should not be bound by the devil. Said Satan had bound her below these 18 years. It was Satan that did this. It wasn't God that did this. God didn't put this on her to teach her something. Satan had bound her. And Jesus said, she ought not be in this condition. She ought to be healed. Why? Because she's a daughter of Abraham. Now, I want you to see something. Notice how in this process, faith is never even mentioned. Never even mentioned. He didn't say to her, woman, if you'll believe. He just said, she's a daughter of Abraham. She ought to be healed. In other words, it's part of her covenant, which is unconditional and eternal. So she ought to be healed. Now we know that faith was involved because he called her to him and she obviously had enough to take a step toward him. I'm not discounting faith, I'm talking about the attitude where her healing was concerned. It's like, it's not like a handout. It's not like, oh, we're gonna give you something special today. It's like, she doing sick. That's why God looks at his covenant people where their physical well-being is concerned. What are we doing sick? What are we doing broke down? What, what is this about? That's not covenant. That's not my will. That's not the way it ought to be. <laughs> but because she's a daughter of Abraham, she had rights. She had rights. She had access. Glory to God. Now then, I want you to contrast that with another story. Go with me to the Gospel of Matthew, the 15th chapter. Matthew chapter 15. And let's read here, beginning in verse 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed of a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not meat or right or proper or fitting to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now look at these two stories together. Here, this woman came on behalf of her child, by the way, and cried out to the Lord. And what was Jesus' response to her? What was, what was love's response to her? What was the Messiah's response to her? What was, what was the healer's response to her? Nothing. Didn't answer her a word. They asked, the disciples asked her, uh, him, send her away, for she cries after us. And the woman came and again besought him for healing. And Jesus made this statement. He said, I'm not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now this goes back to, back to Jesus' ministry. 
I've read commentaries and I've heard people preach this and all that. And I've said, I've heard people say, well, Jesus did this to kind of inspire her to be aggressive or Jesus did. Jesus did it because it was the truth. That's right. He said what he said because it was the truth. He was not sent at that time right. to the world. <clears throat> now, ultimately, he reached the world, but at that time in his earthly ministry, remember, he's operating as an old covenant prophet under that Abrahamic covenant, and he's operating by the anointing of the Spirit. He's not down here on his own as God. He's anointed by the Spirit for a purpose, for a job. You see, you can't go beyond what you're called and anointed to do. Every believer, every minister has an assignment and it is important to stay with your assignment. When an ambassador is sent to a foreign country, he has, a, he has an assignment. An ambassador to Spain just doesn't, you know, get in his car and ride over to uh, Ukraine or Russia or Croatia or someplace like that. He doesn't go down to Italy. He stays in Spain. A U.S. ambassador sent to Spain operates in his assigned duties. Are you listening to me? Jesus was assigned to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He didn't have the option. He didn't have the luxury to just go anywhere he wanted to go. He said that. He said, I just do what I see my father do. I only speak the words that I hear my father speak. So he was just being honest. He wasn't being mean. He was just telling her, lady, I can't help you. I've got nothing for you. I wasn't sent to you. She was, she was not a Jew. Now that sounds hard and mean, but it's not. Every church has an assignment. Every pastor has an assignment. A pastor has to be true to his assignment. You try to get outside that assignment, outside that anointing, and do things just because somebody else is doing it or because it looks good, you'll fall flat. It won't work. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And so Jesus was revealing to us there what his assignment was. What's he doing? He's preaching the kingdom of God to the Jewish people. So this woman comes to him, have mercy on me. Jesus doesn't answer a word. She keeps on crying. He says, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she said, well, you know, Lord, I need help. He said, and again, this is such good news. He says, it's not right to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. In effect, calling her a dog. Now, again, he wasn't like calling her an ethnic slur. This is just the attitude of the Jews toward everybody else. You were either a covenant partner with uh, and seed of Abraham, or you were a dog. There wasn't any. You're just a dog. You may you may be a cur, or you may be a thoroughbred, or a purebred, but you're still a dog. You see. And the woman who would have been so easy for her to be insulted and offended and throw up her hands in exasperation or offense, instead bore down, she doubled down and said, Lord, that's true, but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And you know, that's true. I've got a couple of dogs. And my dogs are smarter than some Christians because they know where to be at mealtime. That's right. That's good. When we're eating, 
they're under the table. They'll jump up and beg every now and then. But even if you look at them and tell them to get out, they don't leave the table. They stay right there. And if it falls, it's theirs. Sometimes we'll drop stuff inadvertently in the kitchen. We'll, all we have to do is holler, clean up. And they show up and they're in and you don't have to mop anymore. Amen. If we as believers would be as smart as a dog like that and be at the table when it's mealtime, glory be to God. Can you say amen? Of course, I'm preaching to the choir because you're here. But this is where the bread is. Amen. Now, this woman, again, doubled down. She said, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus at that point said, woman, your faith is something else. She was one of two people in the Gospels that Jesus ascribed great faith to, and neither one of them were disciples. And I'll tell you why in just a minute, but the other one was the Roman centurion who sent to get help for his daughter who lay at the point of death. Jesus said, I'll come heal her. And the centurion sent word to him and said, it's not necessary. I'm a man under authority. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And Jesus said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. When Peter walked on the water, Jesus didn't commend his faith. He did walk on the water. But after a few moments, he began to look around, be distracted by the circumstances, and he began to sink. He cried out in fear, began to sink. And Jesus walked him back to the boat and then said, where's your faith? What's the matter with you, boy? Straighten up and fly right. Now, how many of y'all ever walked on the water? I hadn't either. And yet, yet Peter, for all his efforts, didn't get any attaboys for it. He got a, what's the matter with you? What happened to your faith? See, because Jesus is, notice how Jesus treats the covenant people differently than he treat, treated those outside the covenant. But the only ones outside that covenant that got anything from him were those that pressed in. They pressed in. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. Jesus said in Luke 16, 16. So what we see here is Jesus treating two groups of people entirely different. There's those with a covenant and there's those without a covenant. And those with a covenant, he treats them like, what are you waiting for? What are you doing? Don't you understand? It's yours. It belongs to you. Isn't that, isn't that what Jesus said to that woman in Matthew 15? He said, it's not right to take the children's bread. 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 Everybody say bread. bread. Healing is the children's bread. What was it he said to the woman in Luke 13? He said, not the woman, but after he healed her and was challenged by the ruler of the synagogue, he said to him, does not each one of you, you hypocrites, don't, doesn't each one of you loose his ox or his ass and lead him away to water on the Sabbath day? Yeah. Notice how Jesus compared the healing of this woman in Luke 13 
to watering an animal. Jesus compared the healing of this woman in Matthew 15 of her daughter to giving bread. Bread and water. Bread and water. Bread and water. Not caviar and champagne. Not something exotic. Not something that you have to go to a certain place to get. Bread and water. If there's one commonality among every group, tribe, ethnicity, language on earth, it's bread and water. Bread and everywhere you go, I've traveled the world and everywhere I've ever gone, they got bread. They'll want to serve you their great dishes, but bread is a staple. Water. Your body is what, 80, 90% water? Bread and water. Jesus likens healing to bread and water. He says this, which of you, if your son comes and asks for bread, are you going to give him a stone? If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good things to them that ask him? Bread and water. Everybody say bread and water. Say it again. Say it again. You go to a restaurant, you hadn't even ordered, and they bring you bread and water. They don't even ask you if you want it. They just bring you bread and water. And then they ask, what do you want? What would you like to drink? Well, you already brought me some water. Yeah, but what do you want to drink? I mean, it's just, it's a given. Bread and water. Healing is the believer's bread and water. It's really not even something you've got to ask for. It's yours. It belongs to you. And there's all different kinds of bread, but they're all basically the same thing. Made out of much the same ingredients. And everybody understands bread. And everybody understands water. I've gone some places in the world and they say, have you ever had any of this? No, I never had any of that, but it was never water that they asked me about. It was some kind of crazy juice or some kind of, you know, something that we don't have access to here. Yeah. But bread and water. Bread and water. Healing is the children's bread and water. Which of you, which of you would deprive his, I mean, he may be hard-nosed fellow. Now, I'm a softy. Wasn't always this way, but as I've gotten older and gotten closer to the Lord, I've just gotten more and more tender, especially toward my animals. Used to be when I was young, I grew up in a family, an animal was an animal. Now then, an animal is a, a child. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and my dogs, you know, they, they pretty much, Phyllis called to my attention the other day, we had some people over to the house they were visiting. They had actually come in from Illinois, and uh, they were helping my son, but they were staying at my house. 
and they're there at the house, and I'm sitting on the in my chair. Phyllis is sitting on the fireplace hearth. There, uh, the other two are sitting in chairs. The sofa is for the dogs. <laughs> they're laying there on that. The, two dogs taking up the whole sofa, <laughs> like that. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And it's an expensive sofa. And then her dog, Snowball, he's a little Westy Poo, he, uh, Westminster and, and Poodle, he, uh, <clears throat> he sleeps in our bed. Any of y'all have a dog that sleeps in your bed? <laughs> More of you than, uh-huh. <laughs> I know you, I know you. And, and he sleeps in our bed, and he actually tells us when to come to bed. We, we turned the covers down and set things up. We set his pillow in its place, you know, and set our pillows in its place. And he'll jump up on the bed, ready to go to bed, and we'll go back in there and watch TV or something, and he'll start barking. <laughs> we'll look at each other. He's, he's telling us he wants us to come to bed. I know, I know. He tells us when he wants to eat. He tells us, and Pinky does too. They tell us when they want to eat. They tell us when they want to go outside. They tell us when it's time <clears throat> to get ready to go to bed. It's time for evening cheese. Yeah. <laughs> And what do we do? We do what they tell us. I'm not proud of it. We just do. But the hardest among you, those of you that are looking at me right now with disgust and loathing for the, for the, way, for the way I'm talking about my animals. And I get it. I get it. I was out on, <clears throat> on a ranch in Montana and we were having this same conversation. I had enough sense not to be talking about it. But another guy, a, a, a fellow friend of mine from, from my church, we were out there doing some shooting and, uh, and he got to talking about his dogs and how he treats his dogs like that. An old rancher out there, he looked at him and said, man, he said, if I've got a really good dog, I might bury him when he dies. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, he's got thousands of acres for him to drop dead on. You understand. But anyway, anyway, I get it. I get it. But even the hardest among you, if your dog's thirsty, you're going to give him water. If you've got an animal that's thirsty, you're going to give him water. You're not going to punish him by depriving him of necessary nutrition or of water. That's the way God looks at healing for your body. Bread and water. It's just bread and water. You're not asking for something exotic. You're not expecting something luxurious. It's just bread and water. Bread and water. Are y'all here or not? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Healing is the believer's bread and water. That's why Jesus said, she'll not be sick. She'll not be crippled. She'll not be suffering from this. This is, this is just water. And then later on, bread. Bread and water. Start looking at healing like that. Start looking at the, at the benefit of our covenant. It's just, this, this is necessary. It, it's, not, it's not an option. You go, you go to a, a car dealership and you buy a new car or a new truck. 
Well, you know, there's bells and whistles that you can add or, or do without. You can get leather seats or cloth seats if you want. It's your, it's your choice. Uh, you, you can get, uh, you know, heated and reclining seats or not if you, if, if you want. You know, you, 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 there's certain things, but they don't offer you the option of a motor. Do you want this with or without an engine? That's not an option. There's, there's, there's certain standard equipment that you can't not get. I guess if you wanted to pay enough money, they'd send you a chassis, but nobody does. Here's, here's what, this, this side is what you get, and this side is what, if you want it, you can add it on. But this over here, transmission. No, I don't, I don't want transmission in this truck. I, 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 want, a, I want a coaster. <laughs> That's not an option not an option. That's the way God looks at healing for your body. It's not an option. It's not optional. That's standard equipment. Amen. That's why he created it healthy. He wants it to stay healthy. Now, we've got something to say about the maintenance on it. You know, you get you a new truck, you ought to change oil and keep the fluid levels at the right place and, you know, make sure the tires don't get too worn out and so forth. Same thing true for our bodies. We need to take care of ourselves. But healing is, is standard equipment. It's bread and water. Praise the Lord. Everybody say bread and water. Say it again. Now, Matthew 15. This woman, Syrophoenician woman, non-Jew, non-covenant woman. What this woman did was astounding, and this is what the encouragement to us is, as well as understanding God's attitude toward this. Remember, Jesus said, the kingdom, I mean, the uh, uh, law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. Jesus is introducing the kingdom of God. Hadn't got it fully introduced yet. And it's not introduced even to this day fully. Because the kingdom of God is not finished. The kingdom of God is going to be seen here in this earth. The time is coming when that takes place. But Jesus is preaching the kingdom of God. He's a bridge. A bridge between the old and the new. And he still is in, in one sense. Although that bridge is more complete than ever. All right? So Jesus is preaching the kingdom of God. Here comes this woman. Now... She's asking for something she has no right to. She's asking for something that does not belong to her. The other woman, it belonged to her. Jesus said it did. She's a daughter of Abraham. But this woman's not a daughter of Abraham, and she's asking for something that she has no right to. If she gets it, it's just going to be purely God's mercy. However, when she got it, Jesus said, your faith is what's done it. According to your faith, be it unto you. I've not seen such faith as yours. So we know that faith played a role in that. Now Jesus is introducing this and in just a few months from the time that Matthew 15 takes place, in just a few months, the door will be opened to this woman's right to access this covenant. But right now it's not. Right now, she has no right to it. Yeah. 
You follow me? Yes. If she just waits a little while, then Jesus will go to the cross, yes. rise from the dead, the church will be born, yes. the revelation will come, and the door will be open to the Gentile world. But not yet. But if she'll just wait, then she can get it, right? But she can't wait. She doesn't want to wait. This is her daughter. This is something that's near and dear to her. It's important to her. So she keeps pressing. She keeps pressing. She keeps pressing. And it's faith that she's pressing with because Jesus said so. She keeps demanding. She keeps calling. She won't stop her confession of faith in God. And the result is she gets it. It comes to her. So what this woman did was, this woman, by faith, reached into another dispensation. Right now she's operating under the dispensation of the law. In just a few months, the dispensation of grace is going to be birthed come into existence. But this woman, by faith, reached into something that it wasn't even her time for yet and brought it into reality now. Oh, glory. Her faith transcended time. Jesus has brought a dispensational transition. And that's what, we're, what he was in, and she was in at that time. But she went ahead by faith and reached into the future and took hold of something that she could have gotten later on without the hassle. But by faith, she took hold of it now and she went home to a healthy daughter. Glory to God. Now, <clears throat> what we want to understand is this. Many of the promises that we see in the Word of God. And you know the scripture over in what is it, First, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, that tells us that all the promises of God in Him, in Jesus, are yes and amen, right? All the promises of God in Him are yea and amen. Yes and amen. What promises is it talking about? What promises are yes and amen in Him? Well, it has to be the Old Testament promises because that's all they had. The New Testament was being written when he said that. That was in a letter.